0: Welcome back. Thank you for continuing to return to the Raptor Jesus cult. My name is Raptor Jesus, and we are in the midst of a three-part episode series that began with the previous episode, episode 2, 2001, Echoes, where I live reacted to the synchronization between Jupiter and Beyond the Infinite and Echoes, Jupiter and Beyond the Infinite, the last scene in 2001, A Space Odyssey, and Echoes, the last song on Pink Floyd's metal, very inspiring piece of accidental artwork so to speak. And so now for this episode and the next episode, I'm going to be doing what I hope to be doing more of throughout the length of this podcast, which is playlist episodes. The beauty is that I've always wanted to use playlists to share a lot of different types of music with people. That's been my go-to, which we'll discuss here shortly with this first playlist. And if you visit my Raptor Jesus 311 Spotify page, you will find this playlist. So you can just listen to it on your own terms without any commentary and just enjoy the ride. But I want to use this episode to break down this particular playlist, A, because it does have some influence from 2001 Echoes, but also because it sort of marked a high moment in my playlist creation that has snowballed into the present and is still going at large, but it was kind of a very landmark moment for myself, so I wanted to share the songs involved, why I made it, all that good stuff, and that's what this episode is going to be about. This is episode 3, Jupiter and Well Beyond the Infinite, The Adventures of Kichi the Observer. Let's get into it. Join the cult of raptor Jesus. Join the cult of raptor Jesus. Join the cult of raptor Jesus. It's the cult of raptor Raptor Jesus. Jesus. So why this playlist? Why am I breaking down this specific playlist, Jupiter and Well Beyond the Infinite, The Adventures of Kichi the Observer? The title is definitely a mouthful, probably inspired by Bright Eyes. And the emo era of my life. That would be the mid 2000s, and an era which came right before I made this playlist in April of 2008. And it's kind of a cool, unique time period because this is a couple years before I started commenting on Stereo Gum. This is when I was still very heavily influenced by Pitchfork, and that influence shows on this playlist. But it's also unique because I kind of swung for the fences on this juggernaut. Of a playlist, and in the process, sort of created a playlist that could have only been made in 2008 when I was sort of beginning to get into music and was beginning to learn more about just all the different bands I would inevitably learn about. So there's a mix of new stuff. There's also a mix of old stuff. And the creation of this playlist came on the heels of me making playlists on iPods, sort of the on the go playlists that were featured on the device that you could make a playlist within the device itself, but also you can make them on iTunes and then drag them onto the iPod and I would do that before parties and make party playlists, and I would never shuffle them. I was too much of a sequencing nut, so I figured, what's the purpose of shuffling when you can shuffle it into the perfect order anyway? I mean, you have to imagine that with a group of songs, there's an ideal way for them all to flow, so why not just find out what that ideal sequencing is and then make it instead of just hoping that shuffle works out for you. So leading up to 2008, in 2007-2008, I made what began the tradition of my new year's playlists i think i actually made one in 06 07 just like on my ipod didn't think much about it but for 07 08 it was a more important one because a bunch of friends were getting together we were going to see the flaming lips on new year's i'll mention that more later and I wanted a perfect selection of songs to soundtrack that all. And after that playlist, for my New Year's resolution for 2008, my resolution was that I'd make a playlist every month. Kind of push myself to really find a great collection of songs and share them with friends. And so after that New Year's playlist, I made a February playlist. Well, in January, I made it for the start of February. And then in February, I made a playlist for my birthday. And songs on these playlists spanned from past classics like Iggy Pop, Pink Floyd, obviously, and even more current songs like Vampire Weekend, which had just come out. The very first Vampire Weekend came out as I was making these playlists. So Walcott was on the February one. And then for my birthday episode, I reused Walcott because I was still so obsessed with that song. But I also included other more recent hits such as UGK's International Players Anthem, obviously one of the greatest songs ever. Just some older 2000s jams like Spoon, Black Mountain, Rat-A-Tat, also The Doors, or old DJ Shadow remixes, which I was very keen on at the time, and we'll talk about DJ Shadow a little later. But they were more run-of-the-mill playlists of just like, oh, here's a bunch of songs I really like, and let's just put them out there. And after my birthday... It was time to continue making one a month and I was a bit stumped because I put a lot of effort into the birthday playlist and for March I started what I will refer to as the March experiment for the remainder of this episode where the idea was what if I combined a bunch of interlude tracks you know just quick either one minute short ambient breakdowns or instrumentals and just stitched them all together into one whole like could I create something bigger than you know just a bunch of these little random parts I was listening to Brian and Eno you know, at the time but I'm talking short instrumentals like even on man man six demon bag they have a four second track where it's just a laugh and that's it. So stuff like that, I was pulling, you know, like mad villainy interludes, like Sick Fit, one of my favorites, or just Doom instrumentals, like the metal fingers hip hop instrumentals. And that was what I did with the March experiment, but it never came to be because I kind of put it all together and there just really wasn't much there. So I kind of scrapped it and there's really no way for me to find what it was because the computer I made it on was stolen out of my house a few years later, which thankfully the reason I'm even able to discuss of these playlists is because I shared them all on my Facebook at the time kind of comical if you look back on it now because I was just posting a list of the songs at the time I was just illegally downloading them all and I just assumed that hey if people saw a list of songs they would just download them themselves and put them in the order and then they would enjoy them themselves on their own time but yeah that technology didn't really come around till Spotify a few years later but because I posted them on Facebook I was able to kind of recreate them and Jupiter the playlist we're about to discuss. I call it Jupiter for short because the title is so long. Sort of became one of the first playlists I recreated on my Spotify because it just really means that much to me. So let's go ahead and start breaking down Jupiter and Well Beyond the Infinite, The Adventures of Kichi the Observer. The songs listed in here very much influenced by a lot of Pitchfork reading. And at the time, I was discovering some new music. I mentioned I was right there when they BM'd Vampire Weekend at the beginning of 2008. But there were still more songs I knew that I was missing out on. And at the time, they had posted these best of the decade lists, like a top 90s list, a top 70s list. They posted these earlier in the 2000s, like 03, 04. And they posted one for the 80s, but it looks like they redid it recently. But it was the one back in the 2000s where they had Sonic Youth's Teenage Daydream at number one. It's how I discovered Remain in Light by The Talking Heads, which was number two. And then, you know, that got me on the Brian Eno kick because they had a lot of Brian Eno albums on there as well. So I was also beginning to discover old music from the 20th century, and I wanted to weave it in with the music I was discovering in 2008. And so let's break down the track list. Again, if you want to follow along, if you go to the Raptor Jesus 311 profile, you can find the Jupiter and Well Beyond the Infinite, The Adventures of Kichi the Observer playlist, and you can listen to it or just scroll down and look at the track list, but I'm going to break it down track by track right now. So the playlist opens with Echoes by Pink Floyd, and if you listened to the previous episode, then I don't think we need to get too deep into the importance of that song to me, but there are a few reasons why I opened the playlist with this song. It was actually the very first song I started with because the concept was, okay, Echoes is at the end of 2001, but when that ends, wouldn't it be cool if you had just a continuous Playlist of music to kind of keep that energy throughout. And that was sort of the influence. The other influence being that this was a very practical playlist. I made this playlist knowing that my friends and I were going to be driving home from a Roger Waters concert on May 2nd, 2008 in Dallas, where Roger was doing Dark Side of the Moon. We had to drive back to Oklahoma at the end of the night. It's about a two to three hour drive, and so I wanted a playlist knowing we'd be on the road at like midnight heading back home to kind of soundtrack the late night drive and also capture the energy of having just seen a, well, the closest we were ever going to get to a Pink Floyd concert. So, to kick off with Echoes made a lot of sense. And it also made a lot of sense to open with such a long song because it takes a little while to get out of Dallas. And I'm a big stickler on this when I'm making road trip playlists. And I highly suggest this to anybody making a playlist. Factor in the time it takes you to get to the highway because you don't want to waste like the good tracks on the drive and the navigating through all the traffic lights to get to the highway because you want all the good road trip playlists for when you're on the road cruising, going, you know, 70 miles an hour. Not to say Echoes is a waste, but it gives you a big dynamic to navigate the streets late at night before you get on the highway and get going. Yeah, the details of the song, Echoes, I feel like this playlist inspiration, even though it kind of came from the March experiment I mentioned earlier of sort of shining a light on these instrumental interlude cuts that don't often get the praise they deserve and putting them together in a playlist to kind of put some more shine on them and that part in echoes where it dips down into the ambient bit and then builds up into the climax that's kind of what i was looking for here what if i created a playlist with a big deep long lull if i could get to some pretty big climaxes going that way so echoes up front obviously a big thesis statement for this playlist and I still love Echoes because it's credited to all four members of Pink Floyd. It's one of their more important songs. They played it live a lot. They would open shows with it though of course at the Roger Waters show I knew that it was probably not going to get played and it didn't so I figured coming out of the show and listening to Echoes with my friends would be a great way to start the drive back. And I'll go into Pink Floyd just a bit more because there is actually a second Pink Floyd song on this playlist, but it starts with Echoes. And I spent a lot of time talking about Echoes in 2001 on the previous episode, so let's go and move on to the next track backside of the moon by the orb now i discovered this album on the pitchfork list for the 90s it was their number 100 on their top 100 so when you click on that article it's like the first thing that comes up and i'm like okay the orbs adventures beyond the ultra world and already you're starting to realize where the title of this playlist came from jupiter and well beyond the infinite 2001 Echoes, that's how it starts, and then The Adventures of Kichi the Observer. We'll get to Kichi the Observer in just a moment, but The Adventures of clearly just pulled right from The Orb's album name, their debut album, and I started with this song right after Echoes because coming off of a 23-minute song, I didn't want to go straight into a bunch of shorter songs, so another long song felt appropriate, which this is, but then also the title, Backside of the Moon. Echoes is the last track on metal. And then the next album they came out with is Dark Side of the Moon. So it felt like it was just staring me right in the face. And not to mention the song structures. Echoes fades out. Backside of the Moon fades in. It's a very clean transition. And then you go right into another long song. But more importantly, because Adventures Beyond the Ultra World is a concept album about starting on planet Earth, looking at little puffy clouds, and then getting on a rocket and going out into space, it felt like a very apt transition in that part because since 2001 and echoes is just married in my brain as a space exploration to go to a song that is trying to emulate being in space you have the sound clips of the astronauts talking it just seemed so perfect and so right off the bat when i was making this playlist i had what i felt the perfect one-two punch for my own space odyssey through a playlist let alone the fact that the orb's album title adventures beyond the ultra world jupiter and beyond the infinite it kind of lined up on too many ways that it kind of helped inspire the whole playlist not to mention i was already off to about a 30 to 40 minute head start for a two and a half hour car ride home so i was kind of cruising after i put this song right after echoes and not to mention, it just started the journey of this playlist being a space exploration, which led into Boards of Canada, A is to B as B is to C, from 2002's Geo Now, I'll be honest here, Boards of Canada shows up again later, and I can geek on them when we get to that next Boards of Canada song, but up front, I really just needed a song with some sort of water noise at the beginning of it, because that Orb album is very well sequenced track to track, and it kind of cuts out right as it goes into the next song on the album, so I also needed kind of an interlude that was woven into its own album that had some water noises, and I was so happy to find that Boards of Canada track from Gotti that has the water bubbles right at the beginning of it, as it sequenced so seamlessly out of backside of the Moon. Yeah. And not to mention, from The Orb, one of their other albums, UFO Orb, ends with a 30 second outro after about a 15 minute song. So it already kind of made sense in my mind to follow up an Orb song with just a very brief little interlude track. And Boards of Canada sort of stitches it together. And now I wish I had a better reason, like with a title, like A is to B is B is to C, that linked in with echoes and backside of the moon. But really, I just needed something with water sounds at the beginning of it. And my discovery of Boards of Canada actually came from a pretty unique method. I had just started a job and was making friends with one of my coworkers. And he said, hey, if you lend me an external hard drive, this is how we shared music in the 2000s, he would put some music on it and I still think I haven't listened to most of the stuff he put on there but one of the things he put on was Boards of Canada's first EP High Scores and I had known the Boards of Canada name never thought to check them out and so I listened to High Scores and fell in love immediately and then sought out all their albums loved all of them started buying t-shirts for Boards of Canada online and I mean plural I bought one for myself one for my friend I was shown Boards of Canada to anybody Boards of Canada was on that earlier playlist from 2008 I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. So listening to Boards of Canada albums and how they go from a song to an interlude, a song interlude, especially on Gio Gotti, a huge influence to me making this playlist. So Boards of Canada being up front definitely a explanation of why all the songs following it go the way they do, and also that mindset of instrumental song, song instrumental is a big reason for the next song that I'm going to put in the playlist, which is Kichi by No Age, and Kichi is the name in the title, and No Age was being so hyped up at the time. Nouns, No Age's proper debut album came out may eighth, two 2008 which is after the roger waters show i went to meaning i definitely acquired a leak this album because the hype surrounding No Age was just so big at the time. Pitchfork had put Weirdo Rippers, their compilation of singles, on their top 2007 albums list at number 12. So that was when I first checked them out. And then all the hype with nouns leading up with the sub pop signing, the MTV video premiere for Eraser, and Colin Greenwood eventually wearing a No Age rainbow shirt on the In Rainbows tour for Radiohead. Yeah, it was kind of at a fever pitch. So as someone who had discovered deer hunters cryptograms a year before getting into something like no age with the punk bursts of sound but also the ambient soundscapes often in the same song was something that i was primed and ready to fall in love with especially getting to hear the instrumentals because it did remind me of another band i had fallen in love with a few years earlier, Mogwai, which we'll get to in just a moment. But No Ages Nouns is on this playlist twice. And there's even another No Age song. And I'd say discovering Boards of Canada and their love of instrumentals on their albums and then getting No Ages Nouns in 2008. It just felt like I had to utilize that record to its greatest potential. And I would see them live in 2008 that following summer after making this playlist got to hang out with randy and dean after the show and i got three shirts of the rainbow no age shirts because at that point it was already kind of trending and so i got three shirts one for my mom one for my sister and one for myself i was buying a lot of shirts in 2008 But what I love about putting Kichi up front is because in the album, it's the one straightforward instrumental. It's right in the middle of nouns, and it gives way to Sleeper Hold, which is a great song, but it's very easy to overlook it. And I wanted to celebrate that song, and I thought that song in the middle of nouns was the perfect song to highlight up front on this instrumental playlist I was creating. And as I was looking for more albums that have instrumentals in the midst of an album full of normal songs with singing, I stumbled upon the Observer by the Flaming Lips from the Soft Bulletin. Now, the Flaming Lips is an interesting point, especially in 2008. Being from Oklahoma City, where the Flaming Lips are from, there was a lot of talk about the Flaming Lips in the 2000s. They used to just be the band that made She Don't Use Jelly back in the 90s, and I think I wasn't alone in thinking they were just going to fall off as just one of those 90s bands but because of the soft bulletin, they were having a resurgence. Then they released Yoshimi, which came out in 2002. And then in the summer of 2003, they did a show in downtown Oklahoma City that I didn't go to, but a lot of people I knew went to and talked about. And just for the sake of throwing it out there, the White Stripes played the same month in June of 2003 in Oklahoma City. And a lot of people were talking about both of those shows and how great those bands were. So the Flaming Lips were all of a sudden getting a big lift, from all these other bands in the 2000s that were climbing up because they did have such a well-developed live show at Coachella in 2004. Wayne did the bubble reveal where he walked out on the crowd and I saw that in the Coachella documentary. So Flaming Lips' buzz was growing to the point that At War With The Mystics dropped in 2006 and had some popular singles even though Pitchfork was still on their BS and gave it a 6.7, which honestly probably fair, but there are some good songs on that album. But that all led to UFOs at the Zoo the September 15, 2006 show that was basically a grand reunion of all the music lovers in Oklahoma City, and that show was fantastic. One of my friends was on stage for it, and it kind of brought everybody together, and we all just loved the Flaming Lips, and they felt like our contribution to the world, kind of like Chat Pile now in 2022, but at the time in 2006, it felt like that Oklahoma City had a stake in this indie rock love that was blossoming all over the internet, and... Came to a head when I went to Bonnaroo in 2007, and of course we all went to go check out the Flaming Lips, and I was blown away by the size of the crowd that was waiting to see them at midnight. And the crowd was so packed in, ready for them to play, that Wayne came out and they played War Pigs by Sabbath as a sound check, just because everybody was at a fever pitch, and it was really something to see. But point being, the Flaming Lips' popularity was pretty high right then, and at the time, it was kind of a proud. Thing to be like oh yeah I'm from Oklahoma City and you know that's where this band's from to the point that it was really cool when they announced that New Year's Eve show in Oklahoma City in 2007, 2008. That was the first one. And I remember Pitchfork made an article about like things to do on New Year's Eve, and they listed that as one of it, like go to Oklahoma City and see the lips. And that made it really exciting to be in Oklahoma City, knowing that you're going to what some people would likely be traveling to for their New Year's plans. And that was just such a cool experience. So naturally, when I was making this playlist to add a flaming lip song seemed like a for sure thing. The Observer has always been one of my favorites. They played it at that Bonnaroo show, but in 2008, the Flaming Lips were cool, made me proud to be from Oklahoma City. (laughs) Not so much now. They've definitely fallen off and have had some pretty bad press ever since 2008. But the Soft Bulletin is still a very well-deserved, incredibly praised album, and The Observer I think is a big part of that, and it bridges the deep part of the album together. And so I wanted to bring that out and put it right after Kichi, put it up front because I felt like putting the flaming lips up front made a lot of sense and then all of a sudden i pretty much had the beginning of this playlist where i had kichi into the observer and i saw that title combination i was like oh it's like kichi's like somebody's name and the observer is his title and of course the observer reminds me of the eyeball in 2001 echoes as kichi is going on this space adventure and this is a year before tyler the creator showed up which i think is funny in hindsight i was like oh kichi the observer and then actually later in 2008. That was when that first Odd Future mixtape came up, and Tyler was probably already calling himself Tyler the Creator, so maybe it was a Pisces wavelength he and I were both on. But the song itself, The Observer, has this ominous intro build-up. It feels like you're about to embark on a grand trip, and it's a bit of a teaser of what's to come in the remainder of the playlist. And it gives away, after I've set up this five-song introduction, to the journey of the album. I feel that Echoes and Backside of the Moon created this space setting. Kichi, the Observer is our main character, which are these nice little instrumental numbers. So now we have to go on the journey. So it made sense to return to Pink Floyd, especially since we had just left a Roger Waters show, set the controls for the Heart of the Sun plenty of reasons to choose this song one it was played by roger waters at the show because this was an old roger waters pinned song for floyd on a saucer full of secrets and my love of echoes was starting to take me back to older floyd because a few years prior i had been getting into the obvious 70s stuff dark side wish you were here animals the wall but i found that after i fell in love with echoes in 2001 echoes that early floyd actually hit me in a really better spot not to mention and their songs from the earlier days lend themselves to playlists a little better because the later albums were so conceptual and tied together and seamlessly transitioned that it felt weird to kind of break a song out of those 70s albums and put it on a playlist. Whereas a song like Set the Controls for the Heart of the Sun, you can just pull out, it stands on its own two legs and that felt like a great pivot point after The Observer to go into the rest of the playlist. Also, it should probably be mentioned that it got name checked on LCD sound systems All My Friends, which I used on the 2007-2008 playlist, because at this point All My Friends had only been out for a year, so it was kind of right there for the taking, and the title itself, the literal title, Set the Controls for the Heart of the Sun, felt like a very apt hey we're about ready to go on this space journey and we're gonna travel into the sun and see what happens sort of like in 2001 when they go through the stargate so the similarities abound and of course another pink floyd song to really drive the whole point home and to use a song title as sort of a spark for the creative decision making of what songs i want to use next i sort of learned that from mogwai which is the next song on the list, Boring Machines Disturb Sleep from Happy Songs for Happy People, released in 2003. This was my first Mogwai album, as when I was going to Coachella in 2004. I was only going to the first day, but I showed the lineup to people I was going to school with, and I said, hey... If you see a band on here that you recognize, tell me about them because I'll check them out. And this guy in my English class hit me up saying, hey, I looked at that lineup and have you ever heard of Mogwai? And I said, no. And... Before I went to Coachella, I went and got a Mogwai album, and in 2004, that was Happy Songs for Happy People. It was the newest one. Picked it up at Best Buy and took it out to California with me and promptly fell in love with their instrumental music because it reminded me of film soundtracks, which I was big into film at the time as well. Still am, obviously, with the 2001 references going all the time. So to choose a Mogwai song felt like something I had to do for this playlist. And since the previous song set the controls for the heart of the sun, boring machines disturb sleep, and the Jupiter mission of 2001, some of the doctors were put in these caskets and frozen to make the journey. So I just thought of being on a spaceship Boring Machines Disturb Sleep. Thought it was a good title for a late night drive and also the song itself. It isn't one of those typical climactic Mogwai songs. It's more of just a riding the vibe and it's very calming. And I thought that was a good way to establish that the journey's beginning. It's going to be a long one. So let's take some peace before we carry on into the next moment, which is Perpetual Dawn by The Orb. Again, with the repeated artist selections, Perpetual Dawn is on the same album. As Backside of the Moon. I think it comes just a few songs afterwards. Now is probably a good time to dive a little bit more into the Orb because they're a band that at the time I was obsessed with because I had just discovered Adventures Beyond the Ultra World, which I still think is their best album, even though they followed it up with UFO Orb or UF Orb, which had Blue Room, Towers of Dub on it. Great tracks. And then in 1995, they released. Orbis Terrorum, which I think is probably the closest thing that comes to the enjoyment of Adventures Beyond the Ultra World. The last track, especially Slug Dub, I think is just one of the greatest Orb songs. But then after that, sort of fell off, and I never really listened to much anything from the Orb, or I tried to, and it just didn't really reach the heights of what I liked about Adventures Beyond the Ultra World or even Orbis Terrorum. Yet a year after I made this playlist in 2009, they were added late to the coachella lineup and i thought oh that would be great and go see the orb and we did go see him but they were just like doing a dub set and had a hype man on stage and it was kind of bizarre so we walked away from that like okay i think i may be done with the orb yet a year after that an even weirder coincidence came around the orb released the album metallic spheres with david gilmore from pink floyd How weird is that, that I use these two Orb songs kind of influenced by Pink Floyd? Clearly, they're influenced by Pink Floyd. I don't think they would have reached out to David otherwise. But yet, two years after I made this playlist, the Orb comes around and does an album with David Gilmore. I thought that was just so coincidental at the time almost as coincidental as 2001 Echoes, but I digress. As I was doing research for this episode, I noticed that The Orb made an album on Compact in the mid-2000s that Apparently got some pretty good praise and I must have skipped over that but I'm gonna have to go back and revisit that because compact is the home of the field which is on this playlist but I'll save all my field gushing for later when we get to that song but perpetual dawn the song itself begins with a countdown again all the space stuff going on in adventures beyond the ultra world and it's sort of a pacer perpetual dawn reminds me of the Sun if it's a perpetual dawn it's as if the light is always showing and since two songs earlier we had set the controls for the heart of the Sun it made sense to to kind of have a pacer that just carried on for 10 minutes. As we continued our journey, Boring Machines Disturbed Sleep from Mogwai kind of balancing this we have a long journey we need to sleep we're having trouble sleeping which leads to the next song i want to sleep by no age when i had gotten the boring machines disturbed sleep slotted in it made sense to return to no age this sort of plea this i want to sleep it felt like a very natural song to go to and plus kichi had already been established i was going to use more no age and this felt like a perfect way to do it not to mention because the song itself just builds and builds doesn't really quite blast out like a lot of no age songs do but it does hit a very climactic finish where the drums hit and fades out and it does feel like you hit that sleep at the end of it and in the case of this playlist sleep is actually a symbol for death because This playlist, eventually, in my head as I was making it, got to a point where it asked the question, what happens beyond death? Which I believe is what the final scene of 2001 is asking as well. What happens after we die and where do we go? And so this is the pivot moment in the playlist where we've set out on this journey and now we've hit a mark where we have died. But here's an interesting fact. When I was doing research for this, the next song on here is Corona Radiata by Nine Inch Nails from 2008's The Slip. But when I looked it up, I noticed it was released after the Roger Waters show. So I'm over here scratching my head, wondering how I got it because there was no leak trent made the album and put it out immediately after mastering it and gave it away for free and so i think what happened was i added this song after the fact because it was supposed to go from i want to sleep into blood on the motorway by dj shadow you get that build up with the drums that bam fades out and then blood on the motorway kicked in And that was like the pivot point. But with corona radiata, I think I added it in because corona, the definition is the rarefied gaseous envelope of the sun and other stars. The sun's corona is normally visible only during a total solar eclipse when it is seen as an irregularly shaped pearly glow surrounding the darkened disk of the moon. So... I saw the word Corona, and that was the definition I went with. So it felt like Nine Inch Nails released this song right as the playlist was being finished or listened to at the Roger Waters show. And I think I went back and said, well, this is the exact type of song I was making this playlist for, The Slip. Mostly normal Nine Inch Nails songs, Corona Radiata being the one rare example of just this big, long instrumental track. So I felt like, oh my goodness, Nine Inch Nails one of my favorites. Well, he's already on the playlist a little later. but if felt like it had to go in there plus it does the similar rise that I want to sleep by no age does where it starts very quiet and then it gets up and it starts getting very ominous and then it just kind of cuts out and then it goes into the four of us are dying on the slip which is another fantastic instrumental track but for the sake of this playlist I thought oh that's a perfect fit I can put it right after I want to sleep it'll just be an extended moment of I want to sleep and this enveloping of the Sun's rays as then we go into blood on the motorway by DJ shadow and I'll gush a bit more about nine-inch nails when we get to the nine-inch nails song later on this playlist so one thing that is missing from blood on the motorway on the Spotify playlist that I had when I made this playlist with mp3s is the very beginning it's silent and it says and now eternity and it plays this ominous organ sound I think it's still on the private press the album that this song is from but the way Spotify cut it up they cut it up for the song previous and tacked it onto the end so Blood on the Motorway just starts with the piano it still works it's meant to be this abrupt changeover from the journey the space journey and Blood on the Motorway the motorway is supposed to represent the road traveled through space so the sleep into blood shows that there had been a death so it's this abrupt moment that happens in the middle where the journey Kichi was on has now come to a very abrupt end and he wanted to sleep but now he is sleeping because he is dead and the influence came heavily from just loving dj shadows introducing another great example and influence of combining all these different songs to create your own narrative i think that's a big reason why this is the centerpiece of this playlist because dj shadows introducing just really showed to me that you really can take parts of all these songs from all these different people and create something new and unique yourself which is what's going on with this playlist list. And so Blood on the Motorway plays out and all the samples, the audio samples, the vocal samples throughout sort of speak to this transcending. Even though in the playlist we have died, the song itself is lifting us back up. And now the journey through the other side, the well beyond the infinite, as I put in the title, begins. And what better way to begin it than with the king himself david bowie with the song Warsaw, which has so much written about it even a cool youtube video about it but i had not fully fallen in love with david bowie we'll talk about david bowie later in this podcast for another time but i had discovered david bowie in the summer of 06 and i was starting to work my way through his discography and in that pitchfork list for their top albums of the 70s they had low at number one and that really caught my attention and then when I listened to it I realized oh my goodness he did an A side of songs and a B side of ambient songs so what better place to look than the first album of the Berlin era where David Bowie started adding more of these instrumental passages on his albums. And I discovered David Bowie in 06, like I said, because of The Life Aquatic. I saw The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, and there's Bowie songs all throughout. Felt like I was missing out because I didn't recognize any of them, and that's what helped push me into discovering David Bowie. And as far as choosing which song on low to add to this mix. There's plenty of great options, but Warsaw and David sort of screaming these nonsensical lyrics felt like a pretty great void, I suppose. It felt like a good beyond portion, a nice appropriate transition from death into this inner spatial area where we don't really know what's going on. And here's David Bowie and Brian Eno sort of soundtracking this weird blackness, so to speak. But then... I was stumped because I had just placed one of the more powerful instrumental, if you will call it instrumental, but odd ambient. Tracks of all time, and now where do you go from there? And so the next song is Insight by Joy Division, but I did not find this song easily. I spent weeks, a very long time, trying to find the exact right song to go out of Warsaw, to go to the rest of the playlist. I think a few of the songs near the end of the playlist I'd already slotted. I knew at that point how it was going to end, but I needed a pivot point. I was caught up in the middle of this playlist and I didn't know how to get out. Sort of like the story, but in reality, I did have trouble finding my way through that void as soundtracked by Bowie and Eno. So why Joy Division? Well, I do have a lot of love for Joy Division. I might as well share the origin story. It started through a love of discovering Interpol which is also funny how I found out about Interpol I think they're a band name I'd heard about I was actually reading the book The Da Vinci Code in 2003 and in that book they mentioned Interpol a lot which since it takes place in Europe so I kept reading the word and it made me think of the band and it reminded me of what my boss at my summer job in 03 said to some co-workers the same co-workers that were talking about that White Stripes Flaming Lips show two separate shows but those shows he was asking them if they'd ever heard of Interpol and they're like oh yeah no we haven't checked him out he's like okay good don't they suck and I was like wow okay Interpol sucks I won't check them out but that interaction stuck in my head and then I was reading the book and I kept seeing the word Interpol and I was like okay I'll check them out so I listened to some iTunes 30 second snippets and I heard Paul Banks voice and I was like oh this is terrible I can see why he said they suck to the point that when I went to Coachella in 04 I told my sister oh yeah they suck don't listen to Interpol they're not worth it and then after Coachella Interpol was added to the Curiosa lineup, which was headlined by The Cure, but also had The Rapture and Mogwai. And I already mentioned how I fell in love with Mogwai. The Rapture I fell in love with in a similar fashion, where I told my friend to look at the Coachella lineup. He told me to check out The Rapture. Love The Rapture. And because I was at Coachella day one, I didn't go day two. The Cure headlined day two. I got The Cure's greatest hits later in May of 2004. And so I saw this lineup and thought, okay, The Cure, Rapture, Mogwai, I gotta go. So I might as well give Interpol a fair shot. And by this point, I think Antics had leaked. So Antics really helped break me into Interpol. And then I thought, okay, I need to listen to Turn On The Bright Lights. And then I super fell in love with that album. All's to say, this isn't about Interpol, it's about Joy Division, but anything you'd read about Interpol, the one thing people would point out is that, oh, they're just, you know, a knockoff of Joy Division. Now, I didn't see that as snark. I saw that as, well, I love Interpol, and if they're just aping Joy Division, then I should probably check them out. So I checked out Joy Division, and lo and behold, Joy Division absolutely rule, and, you know, learned all the history of New Order and all that stuff, and the sad stuff about Ian Curtis, which lends itself to its use here in this playlist as we've hit this void, this death void, and now we hear from Ian Curtis from the other side. And the song Insight has that very slow buildup. So it really tackles the silence, the dead space. After Warsaw, you hear that door shut open. It kind of feels like you've gone through this gateway and then you get the entire song of Insight from the incredible unknown pleasures. And I remember when I finally slotted it in and thought to use it, because Insight's track four on that album, it's not an obvious choice. But when I put it in there, when I decided to throw it in there, I knew I had found the song to connect whole playlist together because one of the songs that was lurking that I'd recently discovered was Back from The Information, another album in 2006 that Pitchfork gave a 6 score to, a 6.9, a little bit better than At War With The Mystics. But I had always known about Beck from the 90s. I even briefly saw him at Coachella in 2004. But in around 2007-2008, I wasn't really thinking much of Beck. Guero was the last thing I'd heard. I didn't bother with the information until I was trying to date a girl, which is the great influencer of how to check out new music who was a big fan of the information, so I checked it out to, I guess, impress her, but it ended up impressing me. I think the information's incredibly underrated. It's a terrific album, and I love the last song, The Horrible Fanfare slash Landslide slash Exoskeleton. It's the perfect mouthful of a title to match this mouthful of a title of a playlist, and not to mention the ending part, Exoskeleton, which I believe is Spike Jones and maybe one of the Beastie Boys. They're discussing how the perfect album would sound and what it would need to be and how it need to help you transition out into space as an exoskeleton and so I'm listening to this album. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what a perfect thing to put in to this playlist. And especially after we've just gone through this void section with Bowie and Joy Division. Now Beck is going to lift us out of it and sort of present this idea of rebirth as we evolve into a new being with exoskeleton at the very end of the horrible fanfare and landslide. Two really great portions of the song as well. But it felt like the perfect thing to slot in, even though it is kind of louder than every other song on the album. Every time this song hits on the album, it just hits me so much how much louder it is. Maybe because it's coming after two songs from the 70s and the production value wasn't there. And then it goes into something that was made just a few years earlier. Perhaps that's why it's so jarring when it hits. It is very loud. But it's also another last track from an album. It is the last track on the information. This playlist opened with the last track. It even closes with the last track, as we'll get to in a moment. But this felt like another good 10-minute journey journey to go on given the car ride that influenced this playlist. And I also loved that it was just three songs rolled into one, felt like a good way to pass the time and a good way to deal with this back half of the playlist. And in step with the Beck song that I feel transitions out of this void death zone in the playlist, I then go to use what I think is one of the greatest transition tracks of all time. The Way Out is Through by Nine Inch Nails from The Fragile. The Way Out Is Through is the very first song of the second disc called Right, and the disc one is called Left, and it has the tough task of pulling the fragile out from La Mer and The Great Below, the last two tracks of the first disc, and then pull you into the second disc, and what a track it is. Always love this song, and I mentioned I would discuss Nine Inch Nails more since they had another edition in this playlist. I first found out about Nine Inch Nails like everybody with Closer in the 90s in the music video but they always seemed a little too dark like I shouldn't listen to them and then I had a friend in 2003 who loaned me all that could have been the live album after The Fragile and that was great because it was basically a greatest hits of Nine Inch Nails but with that live energy that made me fall in love really hard with all those songs especially The Fragile which it was a tour And I think The Fragile is also another great influence on this playlist. You have songs like The Frail and The Wretched, The Frail, a piano intro that leads seamlessly into The Wretched, and there are other examples across The Fragile of proper Nine Inch Nails songs ended by instrumental songs. And that was something I really liked when I discovered The Fragile back in 2003. And as I was making this playlist, that seemed like an obvious place to go to. And especially given this point in the playlist, how I'm trying to go pull through, the title is sort of on the nose. The way out is through, basically showing that in order to get out of this death void zone, Kichi's found himself in he has to go through himself and evolve to become something much greater and after Nine Inch Nails is Aphex Twin, Nanu, from the Window Liquor EP. I think in my mind, I compare Nine Inch Nails and Aphex Twin because of this kid I met when I was a kid in camp in the late 90s. I remember he always struck me as different from all the other campers. It was a Christian camp, just to throw that out there and reemphasize that this is Raptor Jesus. I was talking to him most because he was in my cabin and he seemed so unique. I think he was from around New Jersey and near New York. So he just seemed way more cultured than most of the other kids from Texas and Oklahoma and Missouri and Arkansas. But I remember talking to him because he was wearing a nine inch nail shirt and I believe it was from the fragile because it was a white shirt with the flower on it. And I remember asking him, why is he wearing a nine inch nail shirt? Because you know that's like sacrilegious music, man. And he said, have you ever seen a white nine inch nail shirt? And I thought, wow, what a great point. <laughs> and I think about that still to this day, obviously. But as I was talking to him, we talked about music and he said something that also stuck with me because It was kind of sacrilegious, but he said when he was talking about Aphex Twin, he was familiar with Aphex Twin. I was like, what's Aphex Twin? And he said, Aphex Twin is my god. Now... This really struck me at a Christian camp because how could you say that anything was your God other than God? That's like commandment number three, I believe. And that's always stuck with me because as I finally discovered Aphex Twin on my own in the mid-2000s, I can see why he said that now. I totally agree that Aphex Twin is just some God-tier music. And I had to include a little bit of it also because Aphex Twin is pretty much all instrumental. So I felt like I had to get some Aphex Twin, but I didn't need any of the intense Aphex Twin. And so Nanu with the toy boxes all wound up, felt like a nice little outro to the way out is through that we've pulled through. And now we're in this sort of calm, childlike infancy, this rebirth moment, thanks to Aphex Twin and just pairing Aphex Twin and Nine Inch Nails felt like such a natural transition. Not to mention the song itself sort of winds down in the middle and you feel like it's over and then it cranks all back up. It sort of amplifies that rebirth moment I'm trying to go for on this playlist or I was trying to go for that I think I succeeded at back in 2008, which then leads to once again from No Ages Nouns. Things I Did When I Was Dead, another on-the-nose song title, thanks to my study of Mogwai albums that I used to tell this story of Jupiter and Well Beyond the Infinite. And I know it's already the third No Age song, the second one from Nouns, but I just thought that it was a nice, calm song, and Dean's lyrics of just saying the title of the song felt like a really good reflection on the whole playlist. It amplifies that Kichi was the main character and now it's like we check in on him again and the three No Age songs are almost like the three moments in a movie where you get introduced, they change somewhat, and then they're a completely changed person by the end of the playlist as this playlist is trying to definitely be a movie. So things I did when I was dead is sort of the reflection on the journey showing that even though the character had died, there were still things that he did to come back and tell everybody about. So I thought that was really great. And of course, showing more nouns love since that was the most current album on this playlist. So I had to use as much as humanly possible. And just like the story, the character going through this inward. In through the outdoor, so to speak, transition, I had to start bookending the playlist by bringing it back to Boards of Canada with Sherbet Head from the Campfire Head Phase, which was the most recent Boards of Canada album. And I think the song title Sherbet Head reminded me of Head, which in my mind just felt like a fun title, but also it's sort of the end of the line, the alien transmission portion where we've completed the journey and now we have to transition into the ending even though we've, listen to long songs on this playlist it's interesting to me to come to a song like sherbet head and the next song which is an Aphex twin selected ambient works from volume two that are these short sub three minute songs yet they are almost three minutes to compare those to your traditional three minute pop songs and the difference in journeys you can get out of a three minute song i think i was still exploring the variety of sounds you could explore in just three minutes time and i thought that sherbet Sherbet head sequenced great into white blur, which I didn't get the proper saw two number because I know all the selected ambient works tracks are without titles where I got it. It was called white blur. It's the two minute 52nd one with just some weird voices in the back. And I thought it felt just like a perfect extension to Sherbet head from boards of Canada, not to mention they're both warp artists from the record label, so it felt like they should go next to each other. And even though I just used Aphex Twin three songs before, I thought the overlap between the two songs was too good to pass up. So those two songs were sort of ambient instrumentals, just to transition to the final two songs, of course, the penultimate, The Field. Night, which is from the 2008 Sound of Light EP that The Field put out between his first two albums from Here We Go Sublime and Yesterday and Today interesting points about the field i could gush about the field i'm honestly gonna have to do a whole episode about the field at some point but across this whole playlist looking back on it now since it is from 2008 it's so crazy to me that the field of all the songs on here would be the artist i'm most proud to have put on this list because the field has just been so consistent ever since then i was in love with the field a year prior with from here we go sublime i probably tried to use a from here we go sublime track on this playlist but nothing quite gelled with the vibe especially at the end and I knew I needed a big pad out we began the playlist with long songs. The last two tracks needed to be long, while well, the last track I'd already slotted in. I knew that was going to be the end. It needed an extra pad. I had already used two orb songs. I couldn't use the orb again. I was getting used to listening to Sound of Light, and I thought Night, the last track, was so much different than the other three tracks, and especially so much different from anything on From Here We Go Sublime. So given that at the time I had to be listening to this on the drive back, it would be night. It felt like an obvious selection and it's such a good just palette cleanser that after all the journey, just a nice steady constant field pulse to bring us to the finish line. And of course in classic penultimate fashion, the album, Weiss called it an album, but the playlist could have ended right there as a nice long fade out as we just take it into night, the ultimate metaphor of death and the end with night. So great. But instead, I decided, given the length of this journey, that There needed to be one more final moment, and what better than The End by the Doors? Well, I'm sure there's plenty of other ones, but given the playlist began with a song from 1971, I figured another song from the olden days, from the 60s, was a great way to end the album. And I think that everybody should be able to end a playlist with The End at least once, because it truly is a great ending track. I think they called it The End for great reason, because it is just a really solid last track and hearing Jim Morrison just repeat this is the end after especially a mostly instrumental journey for this playlist. I think the words hit extra hard at the very least coming off of a 15 minute field song hearing Jim all of a sudden just go this is the end. Wow just totally hits and brings it all home and I believe at this point I hadn't even seen Apocalypse Now so I didn't even know about the end opening Apocalypse Now though when I did see it after making this playlist that hit all the harder but the lyrics to the song as well feel very appropriate as far as exploring what's beyond death and just like the song name that is The End of this playlist discussion. That was a lot of fun, getting to go over some playlists and knowing that you can listen to the playlist if you would like. On the way out, I'm just going to sum up a few things about the playlist. I think on this playlist, given that it was back in 08, it broke a lot of rules that I've since made, namely that I don't like to use the same artist in a playlist, you know, just one a piece is enough. If there are two songs that go together, like two songs back to back on an album, then that's fine to use. Otherwise, I definitely used the same artist a bit too often on this. Again, I think that comes from the fact that I was still starting out making playlists. I didn't have a huge wealth of musical knowledge, so I didn't have a huge pool of bands and songs to pull from. So I was limited by what I had, especially since the playlist concept of being instrumental and in interludes was limiting to begin with. It's also a good example of. a steadfast rule i have that it is not okay to begin a playlist with the first song on an album because when you start the playlist you're going to make the person think they're listening to the album since it is the opening track so you should never do that but it is okay to end a playlist with an ending song because it comes out of nowhere and you can repurpose the ending i think how you like but i don't like opening playlists with intro songs Also, I think some of the songs I mentioned, Echoes, The Way Out Is Through by Nine Inch Nails, The Doors song, I feel like you can only use those once in a lifetime. I don't think you should ever get too comfortable popping those in every playlist because they're very good at what they do. The Nine Inch Nails song sort of flipping sides, uh, literally on the fragile, and The Doors just ending a playlist. I mean, you could end just about any playlist with the end, and it would probably be pretty badass, but I think you can only really do that once. And as a bit of a breakdown, I thought something that was interesting about this playlist is that there were 10 songs from the 2000s, four of which were from 2008, half of those being the No Age album. There were six songs from the 90s, three from the 70s, and two from the 60s. So I really like how this playlist didn't just focus on the current years, as many of my playlists after this would do, as I would just get more and more into whatever was coming out currently. And so I think that's another reason why this playlist stands out and why I chose to talk about it so early on in this podcast. So I think that should do it. This has been fairly long. I believe I had a lot of pages of notes, but this playlist means a lot to me because I felt like it came so early on in my decision to want to make playlists, to want to be a DJ, to want to make a radio show, to want to share music with people. This playlist marked an early moment where I shot for the fences and feel like I succeeded and I shared it with a lot of my friends and they all thought it was great too and we would just call it Jupiter like I mentioned early on and it became this monolith another 2001 reference that loomed over future playlists to the point that I would make playlists for future Dallas drives late night rides and I would basically emulate it and I believe I will do some more playlist episodes over some of those other playlists i made made. Some were successful, some not so much, and I may just omit those, but there's at least one that I can think of that is a very good follow-up to Jupiter and well beyond the infinite, the adventures of Kichi the Observer. So that's going to do it for me. Be sure to tune in to the next episode, episode four, as I feel like me going over to 2008's Jupiter and Well Beyond the Infinite playlist is sort of my Dawn of Man moment. This is me trying to scramble in the dirt, finding a way to make a playlist and discovering a bone and finding what I can actually do with playlists compared to the playlist I'm going to talk about next episode where I synchronized an entire selection of songs to the entire movie of 2001 A Space Odyssey, which I would compare to me being in space on a fully functional spaceship. And so you're going to want to Come back and tune into that because that playlist should show you how dedicated I am to making playlists because it is, bar none, the most ambitious playlist I've ever set out to do. And the fact that I accomplished it is something that I'm very eager to share. But I wanted to start by showing the origins of how I've been making these ambitious playlists as far back as 2008. So, once again, thank you for tuning in to the Raptor Jesus Cult. I am Raptor Jesus. Come back. We got so much more to discuss. Join the cult of Raptor Jesus. Join the cult of Raptor Jesus. Join the cult of Raptor Jesus. It's the cult of Raptor Raptor Jesus. Jesus.